As I said, we are in week one of our Christmas series, which is titled Good News. Um, and uh, today, again, we are focusing on the hope that comes with the Christmas story. And as we enter into this season, and, um, it is a time that is, again, filled with all kinds of different, different fun traditions and decorations and parties and family gatherings and gift giving and, and all kinds of things. And as we do that, I hope that that we can focus our mind and our heart on the true reason for Christmas, and especially the center of our faith, which is the, uh, the chosen Messiah, the Christ child. Again, as we look at this Advent season, um, there are some, again, some traditions within our church that we like to, to uphold every year. One of them is, again, is the Advent wreath. And as we work our way through and lighting a candle on, on each week leading up to, to Christmas, uh, again, on um, leading up to that, the last candle, the Christ candle, will be lit on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Eve, we'll have a special service on that night at 6:30. And again, if you're in town, we hope that you can join us and for that uh, for that special service. And also, again, as a part of our celebration uh, with with Church of God and with with our national office and all of our Church of God churches, not just around the nation but around the world, one, another one of our traditions is called the Christ Birthday Offering. Uh, and uh, this offering, we will take a special offering on December 22nd, um, and this is, is separate from our regular offering that we take every week, and because this offering, again, does not come to our church, but will be sent on to our national office, uh, to Church of God Ministries, and, uh, and again, this offering, I just want to challenge us as we go through this Christmas season, and as we spend lots of, of extra resources on gifts, and parties, and gatherings, and and meals and all kinds of those things that, that again, to keep our focus on Christ, that we can offer even a portion of what, of that extra Christmas giving back to G, to God through the Christ birthday offering. And we will take up that offering on December 22nd and again, challenge you to include this offering as a part of, of your Christmas celebration. Uh, and as we move through again, this Christmas season, um, this Advent season, we Again, focus, we hope, on Christ as the center of our faith. And, and as, again, Christ is the reason for the season. And as, as we say Advent, this is a word that we oftentimes throw out and kind of wonder, why do we call it that? Okay, well, the word Advent is the Latin word that means coming. And so this season is we are, celebration, we are celebrating with anticipation the coming of our Messiah, the giving of the Christ child. And so again, this, this Advent season is us looking for the coming of Christ, celebrating the coming of Christ. And again, not just the, the first coming of Christ through the Christmas story, but also the second coming of Christ, which is yet to come. And so as we enter into this Advent season and we see all of the, the nativity scenes and the, the familiar decorations and, and hear the story. Again, if you've been in church, um, you, you know the story. We hear it every year. Even if you're not regularly a part of a church, we know the story, right? But I hope that again, this year as we come, we can focus our minds and hearts again, not just on, on hearing the same story again, right? But on seeing what, again, what Christ is doing and bringing and come, bringing into our life new this year as we continue to journey towards him. As we walk through all these, again, different, different things and different celebrations of the Christmas season, 
um, our, our message series, again, titled Good News, talks about, again, how, how good the news of Christ really is. And, you know, again, in this time of our life and even this season, it's not always good news. Whether you like snow, perhaps even the snow is not good news for you, right? But yet, as we walk through this, I want to challenge us this year, again, to, uh, to keep our focus on Christ, right? And he is the destination of our journey. And again, he is the focus of this season. As we work through the series this year, focusing on the good news of Christ, we're going to be looking at the Christmas story through different, different angles and different perspectives. Um, today, we're going to focus on the perspective of Joseph. And again, there are many different um, characters within the story. And Joseph is one that, um, that oftentimes can be overlooked. And, but we're going to start there today. And so as we do that, we're going to read uh, this portion of the Christmas story found in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So if you have your own Bible with you, uh, I invite you to open with me uh, to up to Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have your own Bible and have it with you today, there are Bibles provided for you in the seats that you're welcome to use. And notice on the outline is the page numbers of where you can find this passage in those Bibles. So we're going to read uh, today in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. Where it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So as we look at, at this story, again, this familiar story, and with many different um, players within this, this Christmas drama, uh, we focus in on Joseph today and realize that Joseph was in a very tough spot. Okay, he is um, often overlooked as a small player within the Christmas story, but his is actually a very starring role in the revelation of God. And Joseph's role gives many life lessons for all of us. Because his world suddenly got really messy. It was not of his own doing. It was not something that he expected, but it suddenly got very messy. It was beyond his control, and he reacted in ways that, that turned what might have been very desperate moments into very positive outcomes as he walked through this experience with sure-footed confidence. Joseph has a lot to teach us. As we look at his story, look at his situation that happened over 2,000 years ago, but yet his experience is very relevant to today, to right now, to, to this 
Christmas. As we realize that, just the, the, the overall theme of today as we, as we light the candle of hope is that, that hope believes yes when our circumstances say no. Again, there was so much that Joseph faced in this moment that, that he, he didn't understand, that he had more questions than answers. He was, he was painted in a corner in a lot of ways, and, and yet he found hope. He found a way forward when everything was pushing him back. He found a way to say yes when all of his circumstances were pointing towards no. Again, how can we say that about Joseph? How can we, how can we say that, that, again, that he, he has such a great example to follow, and, and yet and we see this very last sentence of our passage we read today, the, the last part of verse 25, right, where it says, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now again, this seems like a very simple sentence. I mean, it just tells us what, what happened. It tells us what Joseph did, but, but this is actually a very profound statement. Hey, in their culture, right, their, their family line was focused on the father figure, on the male. Hey, and, and so it was Joseph's job to name the baby. And we see here in this moment, right, in this, this short sentence, it says, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, this is very significant because, one, because the angel, I mean, God told him through this vision, through the angel, to name him Jesus. I mean, God gave him the name. And yet Joseph was obedient to that. But also by Joseph naming this baby, right, Joseph was accepting everything that came with this baby. He was opening his life and his family, and his marriage, and everything up to Jesus. Because Joseph gave him a name. And this, this is hugely significant. Again, this is Joseph saying yes to fathering the Christ child. And yet, so many circumstances, probably even so many times, Joseph was very tempted to say, nope, not doing that, not going to go there. But yet, Joseph names him Jesus. Again, how did Joseph get to this place? How was he able to find hope when everything around him seemed incredibly hopeless? Again, there is much we can learn from Joseph's story. I mean, think about Joseph's journey for a moment. Because his story can be especially relevant to us today. Because he, like many of us, found his life suddenly completely turned upside down. He now had to navigate through some incredible disappointments and some, some huge challenges. Right, which leads us to the, to the first thing that we need to see about Joseph that, again, that we can glean from his life to help us in our faith is the fact that Joseph faced unexpected and disappointing circumstances. Okay, this was a major curveball for Joseph. Right? He was not expecting to have a child at this point in his life. This was not a part of his plans. 
Again, and just like Joseph, we oftentimes make plans. We pursue our dreams, and we, we move towards our ambitions and th- those things that we consider to be worthy in our life. Right? We, we're, we work hard for them. We play by the rules, and then suddenly we discover that something gets in the way, and our life gets turned upside down. Some circumstance intervenes, a key player drops the ball, our employer goes under, a storm rolls through the neighborhood. Again, whatever it might be, the bottom line is the same. We are left reeling and wondering, what should I do next? Because I didn't see this coming. And that's exactly what happens to Joseph. Right, we see him again in his life as he's, he's, he's moving through his life and he's doing a good job. Right? Now, many scholars have kind of debated over how old Joseph was in this moment. Right? Some believe that he was later, further along in life. Right? Most Bible scholars, though, believe, and I, I tend to agree, that he was a young man. He was just starting out in his adult life. Right? He was a, a, just as the text tells us, he was, he was a, a good guy. Right? He had plans and he had dreams. And yet he was just starting out. He was engaged. He was getting ready to, to set up his family, to set up his life, to, to fulfill his, his, again, his job as, as a carpenter and, and to, to, to move on and, and to be a, a productive member of society. Now Mary, just like Kim, would have been starting out her adult life, but she was likely younger than Joseph, by a few years at least. She would be what we would consider in our culture today a teenager. And it was a part of the, their normal custom, right, that the, again, the, the husband would be a few to several years older than the wife. And they were engaged to be married. Now, engagement was a very different process in their culture, right? Not one, again, in our culture where um, we decide, right, we move through it as quickly or slowly as we want to, and, and there's so much just left up to, to the couple. In their culture, to become engaged in the ancient world was no small step. There would be first a, a season of a, of a public betrothal time. And this time would be celebrated by friends and family, and it would be known throughout the entire community and town. Right? The engaged couple would then, for all intents and purposes, they would be married, except that they would not live together right away. Right? This stage would ordinarily last for a year and could only be ended by a deliberate kind of procedural engagement similar to what we would call divorce. Again, in our culture, you can be engaged and break off the engagement, and, and most people don't even necessarily notice. But in their culture, it was a very big deal. And yet Joseph's hometown was Nazareth. Okay, this was not a large city. In fact, this was a small town. Most archaeologists believe that during Joseph's lifetime that the, the pop, that 
total population of Nazareth would have never exceeded 400. So this was a, a small town. Right? And we all know how small towns work. Right? Not only would Mary and Joseph's engagement be known by their family and friends, but, but the entire community would know of Mary and Joseph and of their engagement. Not only would everyone in town know of Joseph's engagement, but everyone in town would know the moral standards for young couples in, and the different phases of a marriage. And the, the moral standard for young couples in the process of engagement and marriage in their time was very high. And if you broke this, not just cultural, but also religious tradition, the consequences were very steep. And yet here we see Joseph as he's starting out in life, and, and he's a guy, he's a good guy. And yet he starts out, and yet he is thrown a curveball. And Mary shows up pregnant. Yet as we think about that and, and realize, right, that Joseph was really the only guy that really knew the truth. Because again, we know how small towns work. Right, as he comes and, and, and hears the news from Mary that, she, that she's pregnant, and again, Joseph's sitting back at me like, well, I know it's not mine. And everyone else in town was probably sitting back going, yeah, right, Joseph. Do you buy that story? Because we don't. I mean, he was the only one that really knew. And yet, Joseph, we see from the text, and we know that, that Joseph had a very righteous heart. He was a righteous man. He was a guy that lived by the rules. And so he, he was left here with, with a a horrible predicament. Right, as it tells us in verse 19, right, it says that Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Again, Joseph was a good guy. He was a righteous man. He was a man who lived by the rules. And when we visit this Christmas story every year, I oftentimes have wondered, why did God pick Mary and Joseph? Because there were likely other couples that God could have chosen or could have used. What standards did God use to, to, to choose Mary and Joseph? Again, I'm sure there were a lot of reasons why God chose them. But I believe that, that the fact that Joseph had a righteous heart was at the top of the list. Right? That God looked at Joseph and said, he's a good guy. He's a guy that takes his faith seriously, that, that lives by the rules. That I can trust with my son. And as we think back and ponder that idea of, of why did God choose Mary and Joseph, I, I can't help but wonder, would I pass that test from God? Could God look at me and say, Brian's a good guy. I can trust Brian with my son. 
Again, I know there's certainly times in my life where I would not have passed that test. Again, I can't, I can't make the call for you, but it is a sobering question. Especially when I think back to my life, right, as a young man starting out. Would I have passed that test? But Joseph is a guy, again, who passed the test. He follows the rules. He took his faith and his life seriously. And then Mary shows up pregnant. And suddenly Joseph has a really big problem. Not only does he have a big problem, right, but he also had a very important decision to make. And this is a decision that, that Joseph didn't take lightly. He took it, in fact, very seriously. After all, he was a good guy. Again, I, I suspect Joseph, like many of us, likely would have gone through some different stages as he worked through this decision. Probably starts off with a lot of grief and, it's grief and a sense of loss. Questioning whether Mary was the girl that he thought she was. Then probably moved into some disbelief, some anger, some despair, until eventually this emotional roller coaster lands at hopelessness. Again, he had so much hope for this life that they were setting up that they would live together, and, and now this happens. And yet, the truth is, that's where much of our world is today. We know what disappointment is. We understand the loss of control, the betrayal, the feeling of how could this happen? And how could this happen to me? These are all parts of everyday norms for us today, unfortunately. Again, maybe that's where your world is today. Right? Maybe you are facing a curveball, an unexpected decision. Again, I get it. We all get it. We've all been there sometime in life. And, and if you've never been there in life, it's probably around the corner. Again, this was a big decision, a very important one for Joseph. And, and there was no easy answer to this situation. Again, the, the first choice that Joseph could make as he, as he looks at this incredibly important decision is, I mean, he could protect his own reputation. Like he's saying, he was a righteous guy. He was a good guy. He, he, he could have come out publicly and protected himself because he knew the truth. The truth was this was not his kid. He had not gone outside the bounds of engagement Right? And, and again, he could protect himself, but in order to protect his own reputation, he would have to destroy Mary's. Right? Or, choice number two, is he could go down with her. Right? He could claim it was his kid, even though he knew it wasn't. He could still marry her right? and move on and, and deal with the public shame. Or, he could choose door number three. Right, and door number three was to do his best to minimize the damage for Mary, but to still claim his own innocence. 
which as we see, as the text tells us, Joseph's original decision was door number three. Because he was a righteous guy. And he took this decision seriously. He chose grace over judgment. He chose peace over conflict. He chose righteous mercy over a wounding punchback. He chose not to be angry with God or to be angry with Mary or with whoever it was that had fathered this child. Because never forget that after that first emotional moment of disappointment and frustration, anger is always a choice we can still take. And this was true for Joseph. But yet he decided originally to minimize the damage for Mary, to do it as respectfully as he could, but to hold on to his own integrity. Because Joseph was a righteous man, and because he took this decision seriously, God was able to intervene into this decision-making process. And then we get to this next big turn in Joseph's story when Joseph received a word from God. Joseph hears God's voice. God's explanation. Again, what's really significant here isn't just the fact that God spoke, but the fact that Joseph received the message from God and that he followed through with the message from God. And all of the ramifications that came with it. Because suddenly God is asking Joseph to go down with her. And yet Joseph follows through. Again, he got to that point where Joseph names the baby Jesus. Because Joseph was reassured that what God was working on in this situation was far above and far beyond what Joseph could ever think or imagine. Was his current situation that he found himself in, that was no fault of his own, was it, was it a tough spot? Absolutely. Right? But Joseph believed that God was doing something bigger than him and bigger than the moment. That God was still in control. That everything that he believed about Mary up until this moment was still true. Right? And that God had chosen not just her, but also chosen him. I can imagine in that moment that, that Joseph is living out the words that, that later, several years later, Paul makes very famous in Romans 8.28, a very popular verse. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Again, these words were penned by Paul years after Joseph's story. However, I can just imagine how Joseph felt these words in this moment. Again, this is not just some religious feel-good statement. right? This was the truth that Joseph was living. And no matter how dark the moment or how deep the valley or how desperate the, the cause, God can and will work things together for his good. And that is still 
just as true today as it was that moment in Nazareth when God speaks to Joseph. But notice again that God caused everything to work together for the good of those who love God, right? who are righteous, who are, who are committed to him, and, and who are called according to his purpose. They're going to live out the plan that God has for them. And again, that's the place that Joseph was in because, because the truth is that Joseph had an important role to play in God's plan of redemption. Right? When we look at God's plan of redemption, in fact, that's, that's what the story of the Bible is. It's, it's, it's the whole story of God redeeming his creation and bringing us salvation. And, and again, God has a, a, a grand plan on how to save all of us. And Joseph had an incredibly important role in that plan. And Joseph, as he, as he lives up to the reason that God chose him, and we watch the story play out in his life, and, 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 and Joseph starts to realize the importance of his role. But again, the, 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 the bigger kind of importance of this decision that Joseph makes to, to claim Jesus as his own, right, was, was, again, for him to live out the gospel message in his life in that moment. Again, just as Matthew quotes in, in this version of the Christmas story, he quotes this verse um, from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign." Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's exactly what Joseph embraced. This God that was now with him. And Joseph found hope in this promise, which is a place that he never expected to find hope. Joseph would have known this verse. He, he would have read this prophecy, but yet had no idea the front row seat he was about to experience of this prophecy being fulfilled. Because this is good news. right? It is really good news. We, we have a God that, that is with us, that knows what it's like to be human. Not only were things not as bad as Joseph had first imagined, that they were better than he could have ever dreamed. Because Joseph was then right up front and faced with a new decision to make. Again, would he embrace the good news, this good news, or would he deny it? And all that would follow hung in the balance of Joseph's decision. He had to accept the gift of Jesus, of God with him, or he would walk away and struggle to start a new chapter in his life, one that he would start alone, without Mary and without Jesus. And then Joseph makes the decision. Right? Joseph makes the decision to accept and embrace Jesus into his life. He had to come to terms that Jesus was coming into this world not to rob him of his dreams, 
but to fulfill them. Joseph had to surrender the idea that Jesus was born to save and not born to interrupt or subtract from his life plan. The very name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. And in the same way, this Christmas, we also have a similar decision to make. Again, Joseph bought in. He was all in. Again, as we see again from that verse, right, that that Joseph names him Jesus. And from that day forward, until he fades from the pages of Scripture, which happens shortly after Jesus turns 12, Joseph embraces Jesus as the one who came to save, not just him, but came to save the world. Joseph came to see that Jesus came literally to take back what hell had stolen since the dawn of time and to give all of us life abundantly as God intends. What an adventure that then unfolded before Joseph and the woman who indeed he took as his wife. There would be many inconvenient and challenging twists and turns along their road They were forced to travel a long ways on foot to Bethlehem by a government that was completely beyond their control. And from there, they were forced to flee to another country as refugees because of the dangers that were posed back by that same government. They were perplexed on some days by a boy who seemed to know more than anybody else. Even the religious experts and leaders that they came in contact with in the temple. But at every step, Joseph knew life because he knew Jesus. Everything would work together for the good of all creation. Sin would be in retreat from the day that Jesus was born. And Joseph had a front row seat to it all. Ultimately, Joseph is not the subject of the story and something that Joseph would realize very early on in this new turn that his life took. He was not the point. Jesus is the point. And as we remember that, as we enter into this Christmas season, will we remember that Jesus is the point? He is the center of the story. And again, we have the same choice to make that Joseph made on that first Christmas. Will we embrace Jesus? Will we not just have him be a part of our Christmas story, but be the center of not just our Christmas story, but the story of our life? Will we invite Christ in, not just as our Savior, but as our Lord, And keep him as the destination of our journey here on earth. Will Jesus be the true source of your hope? Not just as you join the journey of faith, but as you continue to grow in your journey every day. We have the same decision to make. What are we going to do with Jesus? Will we accept the Christ child and all that comes with that in our life? Or will we keep him 
at a distance and walk away. Joseph faced that choice. We as well face that choice. Which leads me then to my final thought this morning, and that is this. Joseph's story reminds us that we have a choice to make. No matter what we face in life, we can choose hope through Jesus or we can go it alone. So what is your choice going to be? Are you going to choose Jesus? Are you going to open up your life to him and receive him as your savior if you've never done that? You know, choose to join the journey of faith, to invite him in your life, confess your sins and ask for forgiveness and, and start your life in a new direction with Christ at the center? Or will we continue to that? Even if you've received Christ as your Savior, will we choose Jesus all over again? Because the truth is we need to choose him every day to continue to move forward in our journey and to keep him the center of our life. You know, what is our choice going to be? I hope that as we enter into this Christmas season, that we will not let Christmas pass without taking the dare the dare to surrender to Jesus and let the celebration of his birth be the threshold of our new birth and the new progress we make in our journey. I hope this Christmas season we can be encouraged because God is with us and he longs to be with you. I hope you'll make the right choice. Lord God, that is our prayer today. God, that glory be given to you, this newborn king. And God, we thank you today that, Lord, because of the birth of Christ, we have hope. And God, I pray that as we go this week, that as we live through this Christmas season, God, that we would truly live the hope that only comes through you. God, that we would fully embrace Jesus in our life. And God, we thank you for the example of Joseph. God, the way that we can follow his example, Lord, and truly embrace you. God, and follow your lead in our life. And Lord, we pray that as we go through this Christmas season, God, that we can enjoy, again, all of the, the fun and traditions, but also, God, to, to show everyone what Christmas is really about, and that is you. Lord, draw us close to you. Lord, help us to shine your light in this world, especially through this Christmas season. Thank you for being a God that is with us and brings us hope. Guide us as we go this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.